ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನ್ನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತುಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಶ್ರುತಿಸ್ಮೃತಿಪುರಾಲಯಂಕರುಣಾಲಯ ನಮಿ ಭಗವತ್ಪಾದ ಶಂಕರ ಲೋಕಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವ ಬಾದರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಕೃತೇ ಭಗವಂತೌ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಃ ಈಶ್ವರೋ ಗುರುರಾತ್ಮೇತಿ ಮೂರ್ತಿಭೇದವಿಭಾಗಿನೇ ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಆಪ್ಯಂತು ಮಂಗಾಕ್ರಾಣಶ್ಚಕ್ಷುಶ್ರೋತ್ರಿಯಾ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮೌಪನಿಷದ ಮಾಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಿರಾಕುರ್ಯಾಕರೋತ್ಕರಣಮಸ್ತು ಅನಿರಾಕರಣಸ್ತು ತದಾತ್ಮನಿರತೆ ಸುಖಂ ವಿಜಿಜ್ಞಾಸಿತವ್ಯಂ ದ ಕಾನ್ಸೆಪ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪಿನೆಸ್ ದ ವೆರಿ ಐಡಿಯಾ ಆಫ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪಿನೆಸ್ must be analyzed who says sanat kumara tells narada sukham vijignyasitavyam sukha has to be analyzed and why we have already seen part a of that yesterday why the sukha has to be analyzed we have seen that and we have to look at a few more things we will do that today sukham vijignyasitavyam sukha has to be analyzed and what does narada say sukham vijignyase iti yes o oh revered guru i will look into that <coughs> and as i said yesterday one would think what is there to analyze in sukham nothing it is something that is there it is something that is experienced and then there is nothing to analyze and it seems like we are doing you know we are analyzing something that doesn't really need analysis pishtasya peshanam we saw all those arguments yesterday and then when we get into the analysis uh, we see that there is more to this than meets the eye what did we cover yesterday we covered a fair amount of ground first we took a little trip a side trip to where taitriya upanishad <coughs> ananda mimamsa the analysis of ananda is important because in the upanishad there are two kinds of ananda presented one is the ananda that is experienced 
and the other is the ananda of our dreams <laughs> waiting to be discovered one seems to be fleeting elusive and has one, and great lengths one has to go to manufacture this ananda and to keep it going and this we can see in the name of yoga and kshema apraptasya prapanam the gain of that which i want and which hasn't been gained and then that which i have gained with great difficulty i have to protect under all circumstances so therefore the upanishad what did it do it it presents it presented a taratamya taratamya is an interesting word made up of tarap and tamap and tayoho bhavah taratamya tarap is uh, what is that comparative like good better the word better is comparative tamap the suffix means superlative superlative means what good better best so this is so the so the comparative and superlative uh, meaning there is a comparative analysis of the ananda and then this yields a number of conclusions and it's important to see what those are it's important to go over these conclusions first is the other uh, the, there is first point number 1 there is such a thing called laukika ananda laukika ananda means loke bhava laukika so that which is produced by obtained by things vishayas in the world so there is one thing called laukika ananda and what is the second thing brahmananda point number 1 point number 2 if these two were completely different from one another then the brahmananda would not be an object of desire because i cannot desire what i don't know and so then it would render the moksha as a pursuit it would render it completely redundant it would render the the moksha purushartha defunct because the moksha purushartha going after moksha means what understanding myself as brahman understanding myself as brahman means i am non separate from brahman and therefore this ananda which is brahmananda which is associated with brahman is my ananda alone that becomes totally it doesn't even become a pursuit so then if we are counting the human pursuits there will only be three dharma artha kama so this is not in keeping and then all the upanishads will be rendered useless nirarthaka anirmoksha prasanga is there and so therefore we cannot have brahmananda outside of what is called laukika ananda so brahmananda cannot be outside of the ken of my experience outside of the ken of something that i love something that i want something that i need something that i have to have it cannot be outside because as we said if it is outside then what will happen i will not want it because i will not know what it's all about you cannot want a thing that you do not know what you do not know does not become an object of your want so for that reason brahmananda has to be within the rubric of laukikananda and so this is the first point second point when we make this laukikananda threadbare we find that it has a few ingredients we have seen all this yesterday i'm just summing it up what are the ingredients ingredient number 1 there has to be a desirable object what is that called vishaya vishinoti badnati iti vishaya the the definition of the word vishaya is inbuilt into the word itself that which as though binds me to this particular pursuit in the hope that some ananda will be produced that is what is called vishaya objects of desire vishaya 
so this is the first ingredient in the production of laukikananda uh, or we, or as it is also called vishayananda what is the second ingredient is it enough to have the object of desire no who should be there desirer should be there the one for whom that object is important to become one with that person should be there who is a conscious being who identifies as a wanting being a wanting person this is pujya swami ji's expression wanting person <laughs> no matter what one is doing there is always some shruti some kind of a refrain in the background i want i want i want i want i want i want i lack i lack i lack i don't have i don't have i don't have i don't have this is how one uh, you know does all the vyavahara transactions in the world with this refrain somewhere in the back it is very subliminal subtle not able to immediately understand and so this person who relates to the vishaya wants the vishaya is called vishayi vishayi so the vishayi it has to be there vishaya has to be there is that enough if the vishaya and vishayi are there why not because certain special circumstances have to be there to bring them together if the vishaya of desire if the object of desire is located on the planet saturn then what is the use can't go there at least in this janma and come back and so therefore that is of no use so the vishaya must be where must be within reach vishaya must be within reach of the vishayi number 3 then what is next one there has to be a union of what the vishaya and the vishayi the vishayi in other words and listen to this carefully has to become one with the vishaya and in that oneness alone is a certain kind of a tripti a paripurnata at least that's what the the person in the everyday life thinks presumes now what you know it so then uh, uh, this should mean that each time there is an object of desire and each time it is within my purview who am i the vishayi so the vishaya and the vishayi are close by the union has to take place does it take place no the 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 melanam uh, the the meeting of the vishaya and the vishayi the oneness of the vishaya and the vishayi does not always take place because we there the in order to produce the ananda of the object of desire merging with the subject of de- desire for that merging to happen a few other things are needed two kinds of sadhanas were pointed out first is what kind of sadhana this is a adhyatmika sadhana adhyatmika sadhana centered on the i alone certain conditions need to be met and then what else then then centered on the vishaya itself certain conditions need to be met so we saw the external conditions but there are also some internal conditions and what are the internal conditions the if it is let's say if it is a if it is ice cream it is a scoop of ice cream and then what vishaya is there vishayi the desirer of ice cream is there but what has a terrible cold <laughs> is the vishaya an object of desire at this time not at all the vishayi says take it away i cannot enjoy it right now bring me something hot instead what is this that you have brought so this is the physical the uh, the, the, the physical upadhi must be conducive to enjoying the vishaya and then also the mental upadhi the emotional upadhi should be conducive to wanting and enjoying the vishaya as in 
let's say the the stomach is okay the person doesn't have a cold vishaya is presented vishayi is also present and then what mood is off some bad news was received the fight with the significant other took place and so therefore one does not want at all the vishaya even though it's an object of desire so that therefore even this laukika happiness to produce and keep it going is not easy <laughs> it's not at all an easy issue and as though these uh, potential obstacles were not enough there is one more factor to be considered what is that karma why do, does the other person get all the vishayas whereas i don't get them karma how come by the time i go to the dining hall all the desirables are gone but the person ahead of me got that karma the karma is also a factor because of which the vishaya cannot meet with the vishayi so the production of vishayananda is therefore uh, is therefore a very difficult affair number 1 number 2 it is also extremely elusive because there is a lot of dependency on bahya sadhanani on everything external eyes external external to the uh, to the self i is external pramanas because this is how i enjoy the vishaya i is ears all the five pramanas they have to be in uh, good shape the mind has to be in good shape the emotions must not be coming in the way the vishaya must be in good shape and then the karma must not deny the union between the vishaya and the vishayi vishaya can also be another person event situation does not always have to be an eatable we are just giving the example of eatable because it's easy to see that and so therefore at best we can say the vishayananda is elusive and the second thing we can say about the vishayananda is that it is extremely kshanika Pujaswami ji's example of a small girl crying into her ice cream comes to mind. Pujaswami ji encountered right here in this ashram a five-year-old having her ice cream and weeping into it. What's the matter? Asked Swami ji. Did anybody say anything? What happened? Nothing happened. Then why are you crying? The ice cream is already. half over <laughs> that's why i'm crying soon it will be over and mom will not let me have another and so this is so it is extremely kshanika momentary why karma janita it is it is it is karma janya born of karma and here we have to see the word karma as both the the action and the result of action if it is born of the result of action it is punya janita and if it is punya janita how long does punya last by the time you say the word punya it's gone <laughs> and then if you take the word karma as action so again with my actions i'm trying to produce ananda and then again actions being finite the ananda that is the result of action is also what finite so we swim here in a sea of finitude wanting the infinite and not recognizing the infinite as the truth of oneself one is forever searching for the infinite in the world of vishayas and vishayis this is the problem and that's why there are gradations we saw the gradations are there in the vishaya and the vishayi in the ananda itself there is a comparison there is a greater and greater ananda based on one's upadhi upadhi vashat 
Anandasya Utkarshaha means increase. The increase of the Ananda is due to the Vishesha Upadhi. So if one is a human being on earth, there is only so much Ananda you can enjoy. Why? Even though you want to enjoy more the limitations of this container, this body-mind-sense complex is there. If one is a if one is a man, one is not a woman, if one is young, one is not old, there are only certain enjoyments that can be had when one is young, there are certain enjoyments that can be only enjoyed when one is older. So these kinds of upadhi-based limitations are there. But then if you are a Manushya Gandharva, you multiply apply that one unit of human ananda into hundred and then what do you find? you find that some of the limitations of the upadhi have been transcended. Why? Lo and behold, I have a new upadhi. And it is said in the Shastra that the upadhi of the celestials is by far preferable to the human upadhi because less, uh, what is that called? Uh, less constraints and fewer limitations. Like what? We are told that in heaven and other such celestial realms, there are there is there is no stomach upset. <laughs> really, <laughs> why? Because the upadhi is like that. <laughs> no stomach, no stomach upset. <laughs> oh, so I can eat whatever I want. How will I eat? How will it digest? You don't have to eat. Oh, what fun is there? No, you can you can just. Uh, Inhale the aromas, the beautiful, wonderful aromas of all the cooking. And you are as satisfied as sitting down to a ten-course meal. The paripurnata is there. You are happy, you are satisfied. Without needing to, because on earth it's all gross. No pun intended, okay? Yeah. It's all on the gross level because you have to take something, feed it, and then chew it, chew it properly because in your hurry you can't not chew it. You chew it properly, you swallow it, hope that it goes through the right pipe because, you know, there's many a slip everywhere lurking. So then, having gone through the right pipe, it should reach the stomach. Having reached the stomach, it should be properly digested and assimilated. This is all, you know, this is all just a hope. That's all it is. Because one is not in charge of digestion. I don't go there and try to digest the food. <laughs> Thank God. It's all done by Ishvara. Bhagavan is in charge. Karma is in charge. Karma is an expression of Bhagavan anyway. And so therefore, this is, uh, this is all just uh, on a very, very gross level. I have to get the ingredients, I have to cook, I have to bring the food out and then eat the food and then gain some satisfaction. Whereas, if I am a celestial, that limitation drops because of the upadhi vishesha, because of that particular upadhi, in order to be a celestial. There is no need to cook, no need to go shopping. When the food is cooked, the aromas are inhaled and the tripti is very subtle. The tripti is not based on the food going into the mouth and the taste buds coming and acting upon the food. The tripti is merely at the level of the aroma. That's why we say, Devaha Parokshapriyaha. Parokshapriyaha Devaha. This is a Vedic statement. That's why you will make all the modakas on Ganesh Chaturthi and then put it on a plate in front of Ganesha. What will you do? Om Pranaya Swaha, Bhanaya Swaha, etc., etc., etc. And then what? Ganesha is happy and then you are happier because all of them is left for you to eat. <laughs> If Ganesha started to eat half the modaks, one day you will be happy. <laughs> oh, and you will call all the neighbors, all the people, come, see my Ganesha polishing off the modaks. After a while the thought will come, how long to feed this fellow? 
How long to feed him? 108 means he siphons off all 108 with his, uh, what is that called, trunk. Finished. Everybody got very excited in the year 94, 95, sometime Ganesha was supposedly uh, drinking milk all over the world. Whether he was uh, drinking milk or whether it was a effect of surface tension, we don't know. But still, everybody was happy. Because it was of a short duration, that's all. We can enjoy. But Devaha Parokshapriyaha. And so if you are in the realm of the Devas, because of this Upadhi, you will be able to enjoy subtler and subtler realms of happiness. Not only subtler and subtler realms of happiness, happiness in subtle ways. Subtle forms of happiness which is not available to, to the Manushya Upadhi. For example, in the Manushya Upadhi, one has only a certain level of hearing. This many decibels to this many decibels. But then anything beyond that you cannot enjoy. But if one is the Deva Gandharva or Manushya Gandharva who are all what? Musical people. And so there is much more subtle ways of enjoying the various ornate notes and so many uh, things in music which is missed in this upadhi. So what the Upanishad presents is various upadhis, each one more powerful, more subtle than the last. And the more subtle and more powerful the upadhi, what happens? The greater is the enjoyment, all the way from Manushya to Hiranyagarbha. The whole thing is beautifully presented. So what should I do now? If I want more and more Ananda, I should keep praying and doing the karma to have Indra's Upadhi or Brihaspati's Upadhi or Prajapati's Upadhi? No. Why? Because it's a huge waste of time. <laughs> you need meditation, you need a lot of yajna, you need a lot of things. And then even then, who knows whether it is enough karma to produce this kind of an upadhi. We don't know. And so therefore what? So therefore this is not at all a possibility. Since Brahma Loka and all the other celestial Lokas are at best perhaps accidentally accidentally and infrequently gained, I have to see that this Ananda that I want must be accessible here and now, especially if it is a matra, a small measure of this Brahmananda, which is very, very, very elusive. I have to see that. And the Upanishad presents a very beautiful expression. The same level of ananda enjoyed from the human being increasing all the way in subtlety and in, in measure all the way to Hiranyagarbha, Brahmaji, etc. is what? Enjoyed by the person who is Shrotriya. Akamahata means Brahmanishtha. Akamahata means Kamena Nahataha. Na Kamahataha not hijacked by desire. And Bhashyakara, Adi Shankara, does a very beautiful um, analysis in the Bhashya itself. He points to something that can be easily missed. While we look at the increasing levels of Ananda, from the standpoint of the upadhi of the human being, the Gandharva and the, the, the Manushya Gandharva, Deva Gandharva, what else is there? Um, Pitru, Pitrus, the ancestors, Ajana, Ajana Deva, and then various kinds of Devas, and then Karma Deva, Deva, all these things. Yes, we see that the increase in the upadhi, in the kind of upadhi and the subtlety of the upadhi enjoyed, 
gains or assures a corresponding concomitant increase in the kind of ananda also enjoyed this we can we can see very easily but adi shankara sets up the words shrotriyasya chaka mahatasya in the same manner so in the beginning one is a shrotriya one is kamena nahataha enjoying what manushyananda enjoying the unit of manushyananda and then adi shankara presents this very beautiful posits this very beautiful point and what does he say as the vairagya increases akamahataha akamahataha more and more akamahataha also gains the various uh, realms of ananda enjoyed by the gandharvas and other celestials in in comparative degrees so as the vairagya increases the ananda also increases as the shrotriyatvam increases meaning it's not that the shrotriyatvam increases the shrot one is more abiding in what one knows one is abiding more and more there is a greater and greater abidance in the shastra with less and less inhibitions and so therefore the inhibiting factors not being there what happens there is a greater and greater clarity and availability to enjoy this ananda this is something very beautiful and unique because in the general parlance quote unquote enlightenment is presented as an event that happens to the self it cannot be that because if it is an event like so many things are an event the um, celebrations that we are going to have on the 31st and 31st of january what event children's program event and then moola uh, mantra um, abhisheka event midnight aarti event and then what else do we have new year puja event all these events what do they have in common they unfold in time event means there was a start date and an end date that's why if you look at the notice board it will say 9:30 am to 12 pm <laughs> there we go an event is always in time and if enlightenment happens to me the atma that means what it is in time it is time bound so enlightenment is not an event that happens to the self in fact the self is the canvas the timeless canvas upon which all events take place like the tree in the in the in some of the redwood parks uh, in the western united states you see this whole <laughs> huge tree there's a slice there and then there are little pins with little red flags and then 1 2 3 is written and then there's a chart of all the historical events to which the tree was a witness that is exactly like the self it is the sakshi to the whole jagat in fact what to talk of small you know events in history and so therefore this 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 pervasive delusion that suddenly i will be awakened and suddenly everything will drop and suddenly i will enjoy brahmananda to the fullest extent is something that has to be busted and adi shankara does that very beautifully and very quietly by positing two comparisons one on the level of the various upadhis and the joys enjoyed by those upadhis by the people in those upadhis by the entities by the jivas and another also from the standpoint of the gnani as the gnani assimilates as the gnana nishtha it's not that the gnani grows it's the gnana nishtha that becomes much 
more entrenched, much more assimilated. Nishtha means ni plus tha, nitaram sthitihi, the abidance. As the abidance in the knowledge grows, greater and greater realms of ananda are accessed. This is extremely educative. This is educative for one reason which we have already seen, that enlightenment, whatever you call enlightenment or self-knowledge, that's a much better term. Self-knowledge is best described as a growing clarity which I enjoy. One retreat I go to, oh, I never knew this. I know now, I know. And the next one, Oh, I don't know what I was thinking then. I really know now so much more clarity is there. It's a growing clarity. Then the question is, uh, upon what does this clarity, the growth of this clarity depend? Is it something like an accidental boon dispensed by the Lord? Or do I have something to do with it? The answer to this lies in the very in the very pursuit itself. The growing clarity is dependent upon viveka and vairagya. The growth of viveka and vairagya increases the clarity and makes available more and more realms of ananda. Why? Because the person is already in Brahmananda. Brahmananda, as we will see in when we come back to this text, we have taken a little trip to the Taitriya Upanishad, but when we come back to this text, we will see that this Brahmananda is different from Vishayananda in very important ways. The first and the most important way is that while Vishayananda we have to have a frenetic series of activities, unending activities in order to produce, Brahmananda is not a product. It is not Janita, it is not born and because it is not born, it does not die. Then what is it? Swarupa. The one who is searching for this ananda, it is that person's varupa alone. Like the person looking for glasses while they were even perched on the top of their own head. Where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? I have lost my glasses. You haven't lost your glasses. And the person who has lost the glasses, who thinks, my glasses are lost, even while they are perched on his or her head, needs to what? Needs to know. It is all in the knowing. And similarly, here also, this Brahmananda, about which we have a lot more to see, this Brahmananda is something that is already there. And it's already experienced. When? In sleep. <laughs> in sleep, one is totally in ananda. There is no vishaya, there are no vishaya, there is no vishayas, there, there is no vishayi, it's all just one. Whether, as I said before, whether the sleep comes in, at home or in the Vedanta class, <laughs> one still enjoys ananda. So, this is the first thing. The second thing to know about Brahmananda is that while the Vishayananda is dependent on striving, searching, pursuing, Brahmananda is dependent on knowing. Knowing the truth of myself as free of being a wanting, sad, jaded, faded person. Like a doggy, like a pet dog. What does the pet dog do? As soon as you start eating, it comes in the near the dining table. And it knows. Some people are strict. They will, they will not give it scraps. <laughs> it will go only to those people 
who will take a look in its eyes and say, oh, I can't say no to those eyes. <laughs> Here, have a piece of this. And it enjoys the scraps, wags its tail, and then what? Naturally wants more. Naturally. Because it's a good, it tastes good, it feels good, it wants more. And then the jiva is like that. When the jiva can have a seat at the table, when one can have a seat at the table and enjoy everything that is there, instead one prefers to beg, doesn't prefer to beg, doesn't know anything better, keeps on begging for more and more and more. And so therefore, not only should we pay attention to the various devas and their lot, their lot of enjoyment and how it changes with the upadhi, how it becomes subtler and subtler and greater and greater amounts of ananda, therefore they can enjoy. We should also pay attention to the person sitting under the tree. Who is a shrotriya? Who is akamahataha? And the akamahataha means what? Vairagya. Vairagya means the, the less I want something, the freer I am to enjoy it because there is not that sense of bondage between me, the wanter, and the object that is supposedly there to satisfy this want. This one has to understand. This is exactly what the Mundaka says while explaining the words Shrotriya and Brahmanishtha. Parikshya lokan karmachitan nirvedam ayat brahmanaha. May the person dabbling in Brahman, wanting to understand oneself as Brahman, first go and examine all fields of experience. This is how to gain vairagya. Fields of experience means what? Anything that you take. Holiday. Yes, you take the holiday. This is a very good thing. And then, what is the holiday? You, have, you can go to the water, lake, beach, river. Or you can go to the mountains, Switzerland, etc., or you can have a combination thereof. Some water, some mountains. Or you say, no, 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 I want somewhere else completely. Then you can go to Arizona. That's all. <laughs> you, can, you can go to the desert and watch the cactuses. Cactuses, cacti, whatever it is. Yeah. You can keep watching the cacti uh, from morning to night. That is something different. All vacations are a combination of that. Everything is a combination of that. When I understand it, then the feeling that I have to go here for this particular vacation is gone. Is really, really gone. Because there is vairagya. The vairagya is because of the knowing. This pariksha has yielded this vairagya. There is a connection between the pariksha, the analysis and the study of Vedanta, which is again an Atma Vichara analysis anyway. There is a direct connection between the pariksha and the growth of the vairagya. Why? Because the vacation now just becomes a time to recharge. And then I can go. And then I'm not bound to go to a certain place and then get disappointed if I don't get tickets to that or if, the, the, if it is not exactly as how I want. I can go. It becomes an objective vacation to, to rejuvenate perhaps the body and the mind, a little rest from, from things. It does not become a subjective vacation. There's no sub, you know, this is what happens. Usually, the vacation is a subjective vacation. So, my idea of vacation has to match with what is out there. And therefore, I strive like a mad person in order to make what is in my head come to a certain reality. How has that worked out till now? <laughs> Not very well. 
This is what happens. It is a setup for disappointment. And this, what is in my head, is a value that I have added to that which the, the, the mountains, the ocean, the, the bodies of water, the desert is devoid of. Mountain is mountain. Ocean is ocean. Water is water. De desert is desert. But if I say, oh, mountains are special to me. I am happy whenever I am around mountains. This becomes a mountainous task. Okay. <laughs> because this is not true. This is not true that whenever there are mountains you are happy or whenever you are happy there are mountains. Both are not true. As, uh, you know, I don't want to go into this, but a plain, uh, a simple analysis will tell you that. Even surrounded by mountains that you love, one can be sad. No problem. One can be sad in two minutes. No problem at all. And so, this is called Shobhana Adhyasa. Adhyasa means a certain kind of a projection. Not Ishvara's projection, that is benign, my own projection. Shobhana Adhyasa means a, a, a kind of a positive projection. Based again on my own Raga and Dveshas. This is what my marriage has to be like. Shobhana Adhyasa. Especially in the beginning one has that. That's why it's called honeymoon period. <laughs> Very quickly that goes. <laughs> this is how the vacation must be. Shobhana Adhyasa. This is how even my experience of this retreat must be. Every day I have to have at least five aha moments. Shobhana Adhyasa. Five, why five? Because five, uh, you know, encounters are there with the, with the teachers. So each time, from meditation to satsang, each thing should be mind-blowing. Each time I have to have an epiphany and each time I have to say, aha, otherwise it's not a good retreat. <laughs> Shobhana Adhyasa. This person is going to fulfill all my needs. Shobhana Adhyasa. Okay, okay, not all. Half of my needs. Still Shobhana Adhyasa. <laughs> this particular place, somebody told me that this is some kind of a, what is that called? Ayurvedic uh, retreat. Ayurvedic retreat means they take you and immerse you in oil. Like urha, pickle. Yeah, That's what you are. <laughs> No matter where you go. But this particular place will make me what? As good as new. Shobhana Adhyasa. So it's not the encounter. It's not the Vishaya that is the problem. Who is the problem? The Vishaya is Adhyasa over the Vishaya that interferes with my happiness. Even the happiness, object-centered happiness, I cannot enjoy. Because my view of the objects is vitiated by my own subjectivity. The object becomes desirable because I have added a value to it. And so when I go to that particular place, when I go to that particular restaurant, naturally it's a setup for disappointment. Or when I make friends with that particular person, naturally it's a setup for disappointment. As though this is not enough, there is one more thing called what? Ashobhana Adhyasa. The opposite of this positive valuation, there is a negative valuation. If the positive value addedness is coming from what? My own ragas, the negative Ashobhana Adhyasa is centered on what? Dvesha. Very simple on objects of dislike. I have already made up my mind. <laughs> this person is an idiot. Why? Uh, how, how long do you know them? Five minutes. <laughs> how can you make this uh, determination in five minutes? I don't know. Can't stand them. Why can't you stand them? There will be a reason. There is always a reason. Reminds me of father. Simple enough. 
And who is father? Authority figure. Father unavailable, mother inconsistent. And so the whole world divided into males and females is, a, is ready to remind me of mother or father. Ashobhana Adhyasa. So many things. Ashobhana Adhyasa. This is terrible. This is not what I like. This is not going to make me happy. This one is what? This is the cause of my misery. All this is the result of Ashobhana Adhyasa. And as though these were not sobering moments in our study, <laughs> we have to also see that sometimes the Shobhana Adhyasa turns in sour, turns into Ashobhana Adhyasa. How? Because all the things are there in this one basket. This person is, is it. This is who I have been waiting for all my life. Somebody says. And this person is going to be taking, taking away all my woes, all my problems. This person is the answer to all my problems. So the first few encounters, this is how it goes. After that what? It becomes abundantly clear, this person is not just the answer, not only the, not the answer to all your problems, is not even the answer to one of your problems. <laughs> Any one of your problems. And then, <laughs> the love for this person turns into what? Dvesha. I cannot stand you. Go away. Pujya Swamiji would put it in a very, very nice way. He would say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then what? We need space. I allow you to go. <laughs> we need, I think we need space. We are too much in each other's face. That's why we need space. This is the problem. This is exactly the problem. And so therefore, the, the pariksha here means account, not just looking at the things and wondering, are you going to give me happiness? Are you going to give me happiness? Is this object going to give me happiness? That's not the pariksha. The pariksha is successful when I am able, pariksha means examination. The analysis, the analysis is successful when I am able to make the determination, when I am able to see that nothing that I pursue can give me what I seek. That is the successful pariksha. Why? Because everything in the jagat which I see is vitiated by my want, by my don't wants and my wants, by my ragas, by my strong prejudices and by my dveshas, strong, sorry, ragas, strong preferences, dveshas, strong prejudices. Everything is vitiated by that. And the ability to let the scales of the shobhana adhyasa, the positive projections and the negative projections, the ashobhana adhyasa, drop from the eyes, is the result of the pariksha. The ability to do that means I have done a successful pariksha. And then what? I still don't know Brahmananda. I still don't know what this Brahmananda is. I don't know how to get it. I don't know how to gain it. And the Mundaka Upanishad will tell us that this pariksha becomes successful because I understand that Brahmananda is not karma-based, is not karma-janita, pun intended on karma. It is not the result of karma, it's not karma-phala and it is not action. It is not gained by action, it is not gained by the result of action either. Result of action is also action in a previous time, that's all. This is not action-based. Tadvignanartham, in order to know this, Saha Brahmachari, Guru Meva Abhigachet, may one approach the Guru alone. 
Why? Because I am sitting on the ananda which I don't recognize. It's like the person who is sitting on a treasure chest filled with gold, diamonds, money, crying with a begging bowl in the hand. <laughs> Please, I am indigent. I don't have anything. What will you tell the person? Will you say, please pray? <laughs> will you say, please do some japa? Will you say, please do some sadhana, stand on one leg, facing east? What will you tell them? Look, you are sitting on the treasure chest, which you are missing. In fact, that is you. It, all this wealth belongs to you. Still you cry. This is what has to be understood. And for this understanding, this Viveka and Vairagya are very, very, very important. The growth in the Viveka is important because the growth in the Viveka leads me to pursue the right thing. All the other Purusharthas are there, but they subserve moksha. This is what I have to understand. They subserve moksha. Moksha first, and then what? When moksha is kept in view, then my pursuits take a different orientation. If moksha is not kept in view, then everything shines. Everything shines as the ultimate. The relative shines as the ultimate, when moksha is not kept in view. And if the relative shines as the ultimate, I am constantly defrauded, constantly cheated because I pursue something thinking it's the absolute and the ultimate. But then what? What do I find? I have to, see, I have to do, I have to deal with the relative. Kshanika. That which self-combusts as soon as one touches it. Like Bhasmasura. <laughs> Whatever he touched, reduced to ashes. There is something there in that, symbol, in that symbolism. He wanted it as a way of, for world domination. But this is true. Everything reduces to ashes. Finite. So the Viveka tells me that let me, let me drop that which reduces to ashes. Let me drop in my mind cognitively all the pursuits that reduce to ashes and then what? Focus on that which is, which does not reduce at all in any which way possible. There is only one thing, what? The one who watches everything reduce, does not reduce. Utkarsha, apakarsha, abhavat, atmanaha. The Swarupa of the Atma, being free of increase or reduction, no heya, no upadeya, nothing to give, nothing to take, no utkarsha, no increase, no apakarsha, no decrease. This is what I have to focus on. This is Viveka. When this is strengthened, the more this is strengthened, the Vairagya which accompanies is also strengthened because those two are twins. Viveka and Vairagya are the closest of brothers. One increases, the other naturally increases. What is Vairagya? Dropping of those things which do not, are not conducive to my pursuit. Those I have to let go of. And Pujya Swamiji always used to say that as one grows in Viveka, things drop on their own. Why? Because the Shobhana Adhyasa has dropped. So the thing itself drops. And Pujya Swamiji would give the example of a grown person, an adult playing with marbles. Why? To entertain the grandchild. <laughs> There was a time when this man was very, when this man in his boyhood was very, very attached to the marbles. Would just beat up the other boy if anything were taken away from the collection. <laughs> These are all mine. No, you can't have them. Now what? Grandpa, come and play. 
okay no these are all yours no 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 you also have to come and play comes and plays but does not go home with all of them here they are all mine go away doesn't do that similarly the grandma playing with the dolls which she has now given to the grandchild there is no asakti there why because one has outgrown the desires that desire which always made me groan because i could not get it i have now outgrown and i can enjoy more and more dispassionately this is the increase in vairagya i allow things to drop because the more i grow in vichara which is viveka the more easy it is to drop and the more the things of no consequence drop there is a portal created for the enjoyment of brahmananda for understanding brahmananda because the enjoyment is already happening but it is happening without understanding so adi shankara says brahmananda anugamartham brahmananda anugamartham in order to comprehend what is this brahmananda the viveka vairagyasya viveka vairagyasya utkarshah one one increases the viveka and vairagya turns it on high viveka and vairagya then brahmananda is much more understood much more available accessible more we'll see in the 430 class and now om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम लुक्स